We're going to be, obviously we showed the series, we're starting this series on prayer. Uh, it's called Kingdom Come. We're taking it out of the Lord's Prayer, which uh, they say is the, one of the most recited uh, pieces of literature that's been repeated in history. So it's since Jesus came and said, taught us how to pray, they say that that thing has been read aloud more than anything else has ever been read aloud ever. Uh, and uh, which is incredible, and I just think God set that in place, even if people do it in a religious way, our Father in heaven, can we say it together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is, the Lord's Prayer should not be dry and boring. I went to a school where we used to say it nearly every single day. But there's so much truth that Jesus came and taught about what prayer is within the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to ask... Carolyn and uh, Lauren to come up. New, two new moms. They've been had babies for about a year. Uh, is it a year yet? No, it's like six months. Feels like a year. Am I right, Ryan? The, the five years. Um, and I've asked them to just share because for me, I believe that part of this prayer series is not. So we, it's not something we do, but it's actually something who we are. We are prayers. We we follow Jesus. We commune with Him. So I've asked Lauren and Carolyn to just share. Some really practical things about how they spend time with Jesus, with babies, with poo nappies, and crying all the time. Go for it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be honest. In the beginning, there wasn't much um, spending time with God because I feel like you hit survival mode and you just sleep when you can and you're just surviving in the beginning. But um, the important thing for me in the beginning was listening to worship music. Um, iTunes music stopped, so now we just stream YouTube all day, um, and we're just actually watching people worship, which is amazing, I think, and that was really important for me to just change my perspective as this baby isn't the only thing that's happening in the world right now, um, and also your prayers become really quick, like, please let her sleep right now, and please let her stop crying right now. Um, yeah, but as time's gone um, on, it's gotten easier, so... Now I just use her nap times more wisely. Um, and the, when the church fasted, I didn't fast food, but I fasted social media and series, um, which was actually a really good lesson for me. Yeah. Um, because then I actually spent time with God, and when I was feeding her or um, when she was sleeping, I was actually praying and reading my Bible, which was really important. And then the other thing I was going to say was... I can't remember. You go and then I'll try to remember. Okay, Lauren sounds a lot more glamorous than um, me. I said to Dan, I'm going to be honest um, and real. So time is, time is of, uh, precious when you have a little one. For me, um, I think I just realized that pray, praying doesn't have to be spiritual, super spiritual, super planned. Um, God listens to us the whole time. So I chat to him like he's my dad. <laughs> um, but for me... Praying in the car is key because Joshua's quiet and I can put my worship on and um, that's just a nice quiet time for me. I also try and surround myself with friends and we do, we do prayer groups together in the evening when Andy can babysit. But to be honest, um, every day is different and um, 
I think I just have learned that God listens the first time. I don't have to repeat my prayers a hundred, say the same thing a hundred times. Um, so, yeah, just a conversation for me, really. Um, I did remember, Ryan reminded me, was I realized that God does speak to me, and so I must write it down, because what happens is you get really tired and overwhelmed in your day, and you forget. So in the moment, I write it down on my phone, and then read it back. <laughs> That's all. That's very cool. The whole, and I, I, I got them intentionally, each week I'm going to get different people up. The, the whole idea is that from moms with babies to CEOs of companies, uh, prayer is a lifeline. Prayer is us communing with our king. It's, uh, and if I'm honest, if you want to make any Christian feel bad, just ask them how their prayer life is going. Am I right? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I have to lie now. Like, because in reality, most of the time, pre- like, unless you really are like one of those people that just surf on the third heaven and you're just chatting with God all the time and Jesus is right next to you, like, like Fred, am I right? No, sometimes. Um, but Jesus next to you and, you and you, other than that, for me, a lot of it is actually, wow, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I can, if I'm honest, a lot of my prayer times started in prayer and ended in a nap. Um, and and the, the way I kind of do that uh, biblically is that we're holistic people. And sometimes Jesus, in the moment of prayer, he led me to sleep. Um, which was, you know, obviously it was in his will, if you believe that everything is controlled completely by God's will. And, uh, and it was in his will that I fell asleep during the middle of interceding for, maybe for some of you. And... Uh, so for me, for me, prayer is, is, is that. It's, it's close. It's intimate. I love what Carolyn and, and Lauren said. It's just in your day-to-day stuff. Carolyn's I'm just like, I'm talking to my father. I love that. That's what we're going to be talking on today. But then I also want to just, we're going to be covering in this series on how prayer has changed nations. And I want to read you an article. Um, the, the, the title of the article, it's, it's in, um, I think... It's been in a lot of papers, but Relevant Magazine picked it up, but I think they picked it up with someone else. And they're talking about a church in London, I'll, I'll mention it then. The church in London, in the heart of London, called Holy Trinity Brompton, looks, okay, sorry, the title of, this, the, of the article is this, How One Church is Reaching the Most Secular Society on Earth. Incredible. Um, a church in the heart of London looks stunning and powerful, tucked away off the city's busy Brompton Road. Road. It's historic, cathedral-like architecture and affluent Knightsbridge district surroundings give it an iconic British feel. But behind its walls, something truly remarkable is happening. There in the heart of a country, seeing Christianity becoming less and less influential, a resurgence is taking place. Last year, the former Bishop of, of Canterbury, Lord George Carey, Johnny, you know him? You don't know him personally. Uh, told the Daily Mail that the church was one generation away from dis- extinction. And I think that's true in many parts of the world. And that's coming from a Christian leader. But then it says, HGB is spearheading a revolution. They're bringing Christianity back to the English culture and might be reversing the trend. That is exciting for me. Because when I look around the world and I see there's terrible things going down, uh, we, we live in a time of turmoil. I love to read articles that speak about the church and the kingdom of God moving forward. 
And they started a, a prayer a movement out of there by a guy called Pete Gregg, uh, which we're going to be doing in our community group. He did a prayer course, a prayer series, and they started something called 24-7 Prayer. And he has seen God do incredible stuff across the world in the Bifa uh, Emma's been there before, and uh, just people getting saved off the streets, off drugs, um, and they started these prayer, these, like they call them, the, these furnaces, these burn houses where they go, and this, they have 24-7 prayer that, car- that carries on. The, the greatest revival that came from the Moravians in, the, I think, 16 or 1700s into uh, Charles Wes- uh, John Wesley was men and women that had, had a prayer meeting going for 100 years. So for me, the power, the, the thing that's lacking, and I think even in my generation, I see a lot of young preachers leading great mega churches and, and, and small churches and churches of every size across every nation. The thing that is lacking that I don't hear a lot of is this place of prayer. And I'm saying, God, there's a longing in my heart, as, as hard as prayer sometimes is, that can we actually start to see revival? The... Um, the Welsh Revival was started by, a, a, in many ways, kind of, he's the catalyst. Of, his name has just gone out of my head, and I've got it written down somewhere, but I won't find it. If anyone can help me, Welsh, Welsh Revival, Debbie. Uh, Welsh Revival, anyone. Google. Google.com. Um, anyway, so he prayed for 12 years, and then all of, Evan Roberts, and then all of a sudden, re, uh, revival broke out, where people were going across the whole world to look what is happening in Wales. Uh, we've got some Welsh people in our church. Just give a, give a good old figure to Thargildo. And um, that's, that revival through one man's prayer and many groups that were praying across the nation literally changed the nation. Where, um, I mean, I think I've told the story before where the, 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 the animals that used, they used to go into the mines, the horses and the donkeys, when people started getting saved, they stopped cursing and swearing that these animals didn't actually know how to understand them anymore because they only understood swear words. The pubs started closing. Football grounds were closed because people were more interested in Jesus than anything else this world could offer. And that is awesome. Like, God, let that happen. So I think we, need to, we have to keep that as, as a future vision, but a, a day-to-day vision is saying, how can I walk closely with the Father? How can you and I walk with Jesus? So can you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6? verse 5. And we will be going through this over the next at least six weeks. And into the community groups, we're going to be doing a thing called the prayer course. And that's, we're going to have people up, all the community groups up at the end for you to go sign up. If you're not part of a community group, I encourage you to get into one. We're going to be covering kind of similarly what I'm going to be talking through, but it's going to be a video format. You're going to watch it together, discuss, and then pray. And we're going to trust God for big things. And before I talk about prayer, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you, Jesus, that I can approach you as, a, as my dad. Your word, the word is Abba, it's Papa, it's, it's Daddy, it's Father. And I thank you that you're not far off, but you're close. And you're walking with us, you're walking through people's pains, you're walking through people's doubts. And Lord God, I just pray that you'd come this morning and you'd ignite your words, not mine, your words. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in the little time that I have left, we are going to do a quick intro to prayer. And then we're going to be covering it in, in depth and in detail because I feel like when we grasp this as a church, God is already doing incredible things. And uh, 
we, there is an imminent move coming. We can't, again, so I can't give details because until we've signed contracts or whatever. But we, we're looking outwards at different places because, first of all, it's boiling hot. You can see they're digging up our driveway by the second. So please, can you be praying for that? Just that that all comes through. It's very vague, but just pray. Maybe the Lord will speak to you. <laughs> okay. Lord's Prayer. Let's, let's read God's Word. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Anyone been in a prayer meeting where, where someone wants to be seen? It's, it's always fun. Uh, I'm going to actually rip off someone. He's not here. And he didn't really dare to be seen, but we had a guy in our church when we first started the church. He used to pray. We had a prayer meeting before, but he literally would hog the whole prayer time with one prayer. And I'm like, just when we thought he was ending, Ramsey and I would try to j- jump in there with a prayer, but we just couldn't get in because he just carried on. Anyway, um, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Amazing. A few verses before that, it says, if you want to give, give in secret. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, I love how Jesus just assumes that. He's not saying if you pray, he's saying when. Uh, Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. And what we're going to cover is a little bit of that today and this one line. Our Father in heaven. Can we say it together? Our Father in heaven. That's what we're covering. Okay, so we're going to answer two prayers quickly. So two, uh, two questions. How we pray, what the Bible answers here, and who we pray to. And I think we know, and some of this is really elementary stuff. But I think we need to, if, if we understand again who we pray to and why we pray and, and how we actually pray, it actually enables us to have a, a daily walk with Jesus. And I love what it says. It says, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand in synagogues and on street corners that they may be seen. Uh, it says, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And the amazing that it, the word room there is actually, if you look at the, the King James Version and other older versions, they actually have the word closet. And I'm just looking, I've got a cool little Bible program now. And I clicked on the word, and it says that this closet could actually be a place, a storehouse or a place of storage. And I thought that's an amazing play on words, that when we go to pray, we go to the storehouse, God's storehouse, His cupboard. And we, whether you get into a cupboard or you actually go into a room and you just shut the door and you get alone with God, God begins to fill you up again. We, we, go, get, we go get filled up in, in the storehouse of God. And a quiet place could be anywhere. I, I really want to make this practical. Go, prayer walks are amazing. I, I've had some of the most profound moments just walking in the area that we live in, and I'm just walking along, and sometimes there's a car that goes past, there's construction, but if you put in ears, uh, sorry, you put your, your, your headphones in, and you just walk along, and you just say, God, speak to me. You walk with God. If you have a dog or a cat, you can't, you don't walk cats, am I right? No, you don't. But you can walk a dog and uh, just go for a walk. And as long as the dog wants to walk, pray. Just get into that, that place of solitude. And for me, the amazing thing about the kingdom, and I, I got this from someone else, but they said, kingdom realities are never for people and often never seen. So we see someone who's being blessed in their life. You don't even know what they've done behind the scenes to get to the place that they're at. 
We say, oh, we want what they've got. We want that ministry. We want uh, that, that financial breakthrough. We want this. And we see people's breakthrough, but we haven't seen the years and the years behind giving in secrets, praying in secrets, honoring God when no one's watching, packing up when you're not doing it to be seen by anyone else or a leader or anything like that, but you're actually doing it for Jesus alone, and God sees that. I can honestly say, I, was, I have been blessed lately by Jesus, three people, and um, I, I was sitting the other day and I said, God, why, why is this happening? Like, I'm not complaining. Please don't shut the tap. <laughs> but I feel, and like, and, and it's not, and, and in some ways, like, I don't even know why, and I, I said to Star, why do you think so? And, and Star said, because you've been faithful, and I just felt God say, it's, it's because I want to show everyone that I'm a generous God. That I'm a father who loves them. That, and and I, like, I'm sometimes have embarrassed at times of what, of what God has actually been doing and, and giving. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. And I know you have seasons of that. And we've had seasons of lack. Stalin, I could, we can tell you about that. We won't go into detail because I'd rather celebrate the positives than celebrate. But there's been some times where we're like, okay, where's our next paycheck going to come from? Where's, uh, where are we going to eat? All that stuff. We've had those moments. And God has been faithful in every second. But it feels like God is just, he's wanting to understand that he is a good father. And he loves us. And he, and he wants to provide for us. And we need to change our view of him that we have to think that somehow through our prayers or, or what we do around or what we do for show actually impresses God. Because God's not impressed by any of that. What God is impressed by is if you go into your closet, close the door, give in secret, do stuff when no one's watching. And Jesus rewards that. It's, it's, it's the way the kingdom works. There is no other way. There's no shortcut. It's just be faithful and God will be faithful. It's as simple as that. When you pray, go into a room. Um, it says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. And I've gone to a few different nations in and around this area, and I've noticed when you're going to churches, you can easily pick up other churches' religious stuff. I don't pick up City Lights religious stuff quite easily. Maybe you do. But when I go into other churches, and I, we go into churches, and they'll, they'll pray a prayer, but they're almost praying over and over and over. I'm like, God heard you the first time. And, it's, and I so often think people, we can get into prayer where it's not about relationships, but it's about empty phrases that can actually, we're doing it to impress God. And that's what the pagans believed in those moments is that they believe that, that if you, um, that these empty phrases, as you start to speak it out, you're actually impressing God. God's not impressed by that. It says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And, and I've heard someone say, well, then why do we pray if, we need to, if, if, if God knows what we need? We need to pray because God wants relationship. Thank goodness that we serve a God who wants to come close to us. That he's not pushing us far away. He's not making us do a whole bunch of things. Second thing, who do we pray to? And this is incredibly important. Jesus comes along and says, he's having such a moment where, uh, where God's breaking out. He's, just, he's kind of finished the Beatitudes. And, and, and they said, so how, the disciples asked Jesus, so how do we pray? And he says, when you pray, pray like us. He says, our Father. Not my Father, not uh, it's not a singular thing, but he invites us into that, into that intimate space that God wants us to all walk in. We have to start with Jesus. 
started a little bit of research for me on um, uh, what other religions believe, and it's almost too long to list, but basically, in summary, it goes like this. Most religions, you have to cleanse yourself and do a whole bunch of rituals before you enter into the presence of God. God, small g. And uh, it starts from, from washings, then you do another set of washing, then, then you have to light a candle in some religions, then some of them make you actually do like weird movements. And uh, then once you've kind of passed these eight steps, then you can only approach, approach the divine. You can only, whereas with this, we serve a God who made provision for us through his son. He did all of that. Jesus Christ, he, he, the, the curtain was torn to. His blood washes us clean. We can, the Bible says we can come boldly into the presence of God. That is the biggest difference between Christianity and every other religion. Everything else is you have to do a whole bunch of things to earn His, his approval and presence. Where with Jesus, we come warts and all, broken, sinful. And we say, Jesus, take my sin. Wash me clean. Because I know I cannot do this through my own strength. Amazing. The gospel comes through everything we do. I had a friend, um, he leads a church, and his mother uh, ended up getting cancer. Hello. <laughs> Do you know that she's never greeted me? And now, right, uh, bye-bye. <laughs> That's amazing. That's hilarious. Where was I? Distractions from children, yeah. Ah. Oh, my friend, okay, that's a good story. My friend who leads the church, and um, thank you, Rom. You're listening, dude, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> my friend leads the church. His mother is an agnostic, atheist, kind of jumping between the two. And um, she ends up getting cancer, and he, she phones him up the one day and says, ah, listen, would you mind saying those positive thoughts for me? Like he goes, Mom, you want me to pray for you? No, 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 whatever you call it, just, just be positive when you speak out, you know? And, uh, and I think there's something in, in the need of human beings to actually connect with the divine. And I, we have to realize that, that Jesus is the only God that came. If I'm comparing it amongst Jesus, amongst every other religion, he's the only one that came and sat amongst us, died for us, so we can have restored relationship again with him. What an incredible, incredible truth. So it's relationship restored. I love Deuteronomy 30 out of the message. It says, God, your God, will restore everything you've lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places that you were scattered. No matter how far you end up, God will get you out of there. How amazing is that? So basically, some of you may be sitting here today, you haven't been to church in a while, you haven't uh, even prayed, and you feel like you're not worthy. God sorts that out. All you have to do is come with a surrendered heart, with a repentant heart, get before Jesus, say, God, I'm sorry. On your knees. And He loves you as much as He's ever loved you. It's about acceptance. Ephesians 2 verse 12, it says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel, um, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isaiah 53, prophecy about Jesus says, For by his, the, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. 
Jesus was rejected so we can be accepted. The Father's face turned away from Jesus so Jesus could bring many sons and daughters to glory. What a powerful, powerful thing. And we'll just, I'm going to land in a few, few minutes here. I want to just talk about our sonship. And I want to read this out of Galatians, again out of the message. Um, is it up there? I'll go from verse 5. It says, Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children. Let's let this sink into our hearts. Because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. What is your intimate name for your dad? If you've got a good relationship with your dad, what do you call him? I mind it changes all the time, and I think that's what it should be. It should be this intimate thing, dad, daddy, pops, bully, whatever. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain to you that you are not a slave, but you are a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access into the inheritance. Amazing, amazing thing is that we, I think the, the greatest revelation in our prayer and us understanding prayer and approaching the Father is what Carolyn said in the beginning, is that I approach Him as a father. I talk to Him as a dad. And I think we have to get that. And Jesus only did what the Father was doing. In those days, in Jewish culture, you used to apprentice your father. So Jesus' father was most likely a carpenter. Jesus became a carpenter. And what He would do is that the Father would leave Him alone, and He would kind of start making stuff, and He'd look back to the Father and say, Is this okay? So when Jesus goes, I only do what I see the Father doing. It's the same idea that Jesus was apprentice to the Father. We apprentice to God. And we need to keep looking back. And that's for me what prayer is. It's just keep looking back. Say, God, what do you think? Let's, let's move forward together. So just three things. Authority as a son. We need to walk with authority in the way we pray. We can cast out the devils. We can cast out sickness. We, can, we, can, we carry heaven within inside of us. The confidence of a son. You've seen a son who walks alongside their dad. Nothing will, will get in their way. I remember uh, talking to Rian, Rom's son. And uh, he, he starts, he starts, I start saying, my dad is strong. He goes, my dad is stronger than any dad. And he just starts, going, he starts preaching to me how strong Rom is. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably, probably right in, in, in some aspects. Um, but it's just, uh, Rian has absolute confidence in Rom that his dad will take out anyone who gets in his way. And I think we need to carry that same confidence as sons and daughters of God. There's no striving. You look at a son or a daughter who goes to their dad. I look at Andre and his girls. There's, if anything, they, he's a little bit wrapped around their fingers. Am I right, Nikki? A little bit. <laughs> and Ramsey as well. I've seen that. Um, but they, can, they, they just approach with confidence. They don't, come and they don't come begging. They don't come, can I have a little bit more, Dad? They come with confidence. They open the fridge. They, they drink the drinks. They eat the food. They open the Dad's wallet. I would have got a hiding. But anyway, my dad used to be very generous with me. That is our Father in heaven. And I can, can we take a moment and just let things change in our hearts? of how we approach God. Maybe you grew up in a, in a Christian home where God, where you had to recite the Ten Commandments as you walked in, so you feel like you're never worthy. Can I say that through Jesus Christ you are worthy? Always. As you, as you, you, this is how I pray. So God, I thank you for what you did for me. I thank you that you died on the cross. 
And, and often I don't even pray that. So that's maybe after a long time where I haven't prayed. Often I just say, I'm, I'm, I'm walking along, I'm driving along, I say, thank you, Father, that you're here. We can come boldly and walk with God every single day of our life. There's no striving. There's no looking for approval. He's not a dad who's checking off and, and, and are you doing this? Aren't you doing this? He's a God that loves you and a Father that loves you unconditionally. Can we all stand, please? Mario, would you mind coming up? If you're around. It is warm. Thank you for bearing with us. Change is coming. Um, as this week, I felt the Holy Spirit keep dropping a word into my heart, untie. So if you think of untie, there has to be a knot. Who's had a knot in their stomach before? Anxiousness. Maybe you have it right now. Maybe it's causing stuff in your life. Maybe it's causing ulcers. Maybe it's whatever it is. Uh, just that word untie. Maybe some of you are carrying absolute fears of the future, maybe in your bodies, around finances, around your family. And I feel like as a community this morning, God is wanting to untie things. I, I, honestly, I felt it clearly for two, three days. As I've been praying, I felt God just keeps bringing the word untie. And I almost wanted to preach the whole message around that. But I feel it's a word for some of us. Is that there's stuff in our lives that the Holy Spirit wants to untie this morning. I think even business deals, finances, there's stuff that you've been waiting for. Maybe it's an inheritance. It's a job deal. It's a job. Who's, who's, who's trusting God for a job here? It's good to see Yes, <laughs> whole new career. <laughs> can, can we all just pray and intercede together? And just, if there's stuff that you know that you need to pray for, then we'll pray for the person next to us. But let's begin, get before God. Let's start, say, our Father, and go from there. Just begin to talk to Him. I feel God is going to start untying things in people's lives this morning. says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And often it's just about approaching Jesus and say, God, I bring this thing for, before you. I've tried to do it in my own strength, but I can't. I'm just going to give space for God to speak to us. I sense the Father saying that there are some that approach me as slaves and not as sons. I feel like there is a poverty mentality that has gripped some people's minds, that they're not worthy to receive. And father-son relationship is all about receiving his love, receiving his mercy, receiving his grace, receiving his sonship and daughtership. And so today I just speak to the mentalities and the mindsets that are, are squeezing the life out of some of you. 
And I just command it to go in the name of Jesus. And I just pray, Lord God, that the spirit of sonship and daughtership would flood our hearts today. Anxiety would go in Jesus' name. That there would be freedom in this place, freedom in our lives. The financial cares and burdens that are upon your shoulders would lift right now in Jesus' name. The fear of the future, not knowing what is coming. In worship, we sang, God is with us, but now he wants you to believe it. I believe that God is wanting to pour out today. He's wanting to unlock doors that have been locked. He's wanting to break down walls that have gone before you. He's wanting to give new contracts, release finances, because he is a good God. Believe in him. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can start to speak these things out over your life and you will be agreeing with God. I think we need a part of the prayers is sometimes not just a whisper, but it's an interceding. And we can pray confident around God's will as he starts to drop things in your heart. So can we just just be vocal and say, God, you know what I'm trusting for? It's, 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 it's many things that Stahl has mentioned. It could be work. It could be anything. But just begin to intercede in this place. God is breaking generational, generational poverty over some of you this morning. If that is you, just, just begin to cry to God and say, Father, would you, would you come now and just break off anything where I've seen generation after generation living in poverty. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Come, Father, Father, Father. God also wants to break uh, the, sometimes this, lin- this lineage of, of, broken, of broken families uh, where it could be divorce, father walking out, mother walking out, whatever it is. Just begin to say that it, it's not happening in my generation. From my seed forward, from my kids forward, it's not happening. I just get such a clear picture of um, almost like a, a dam. If you can imagine a dam was made with kind of a balloon skin, <laughs> plastic. And I feel that as you start to pray and intercede right now, it's like that, that it's, getting, it's getting more full and more full. And I remember as a kid when you used to put a, a balloon on a, on a tap, eventually the thing would burst and break. 
And I feel that some of you are so close, so close to seeing this dam break over your lives in every single aspect. But you just need to keep pushing in, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep saying, Father, would you come? I just want to do, while everyone's eyes are closed, and I, I believe we just need to keep interceding, and we'll give a chance to, to pray for one another at the end, but if, if you know you're sitting here this, or standing here this morning, and you've never given your life to Jesus, what does that mean? It means what I'm talking about. You don't, you're not convinced you're a son of God. You, th- you always know God as a distance, distant God, but you've never known Him as a God who comes close who actually has made provision in His Son, Jesus Christ, to wash clean all your sins, all your past, all your misdeeds. And you can come to God boldly. If that's you and you want to you surrender your heart this morning, I'd love you to just raise your hand very quickly, and I'd love to pray with you. This is a moment for us to engage God. It's good to see. I see a hand. If there's anyone else, this is this is this is the mo- this is the most important moment of your life. I can guarantee you that when you surrender your heart to Jesus, you come back into a right relationship with a God who loves you. So I'm going to pray. Pray. Let's pray this all together. Heavenly Father, let's pray together all at once. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have forgiven me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. Thank you that my relationship is now restored. I turn away from my, from my sins. And I thank you for your forgiveness. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Amen. Just in ending, Marco... Would you mind coming up quickly? I know I'm putting you right on the spot. Um, he's barefoot. It's all good. <laughs> Marco, some of you don't know him. He's one of the guys that just kind of hangs at the back. He's very friendly. But I'd love for you to pray over us as a dad. As a dad, I know who's, who's lavish. You carry a heart that is just to, to love people. So would you mind just almost praying a blessing over us? That would be awesome. Just before I pray, I just want to say something. Um, Dan used the word authority when he was preaching, and um, it resonated in my spirit because if we understand who we are, we're heirs of Christ, we're heirs of the kingdom of God. And I lived in the UK for many years and understand the royal family because you just see them no matter what they do. There's no guilt or anything around what they do because they know where they belong. And we belong to Christ, we belong to God, creator of heaven and earth. And if you understand the power that's in the name of Jesus, you can do anything. God said nothing is impossible. Just one, one minute, Dan. If I say to you, do you know William Shakespeare? Every one of you are nodding. Have you ever seen him? No. If I tell you, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you believe in him? But you know what the difference is? One is spiritual and one isn't. And when you gather that spirit, you know your Father is in heaven. It's amazing, amazing. So I just want to pray to you in the authority of the name of Jesus. 
that anything is possible to those who believe. Miracles that were not done through the apostles were because they didn't believe. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, because you don't have faith. So I just want to pray for you with the heart of God, saying, Lord, I just want to pour out your word, your grace, your mercy, your love upon every soul that's in this warehouse five today. Lord, you're our Father. You're our God. You're amazing. You love us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us. Lord, we know even in the English language there isn't even a word for the death of a child. There's no word that describes the death of a child. But you gave your only son for us that we can stand here today honored, glorified, blessed because of what you did for us. We thank you for this blessing that we get a heart like David after you, that we get to know who you are. Because Jesus, you said, in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. We thank you, we praise you, we love you, and we accept you as our Lord and Savior. We thank you for the blessings that are upon our lives, each and every one of us. I thank you for abundance for those that are lacking. I thank you for faith for those that don't know. I thank you, Lord, that you'll touch each and every soul and heart in this place and mind in your special way as Abba Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Mara. Um, you can take a seat. We've got one last thing. Community groups.